My Life Now is a half-hour podcast show which regularly features reviews of new releases and all-time classics of both traditionally published and self-published books. Tune in for special guest interviews and, of course, helpful tips to not only write your next book, but also to help market it. My Life Now is most often referred to as a great way for authors to get quality exposure and avid readers to discover their next read. Without further delay, here's another stimulating episode of My Life Now. Welcome back to another episode of My Life Now. My name is Dallas Montague here. Today we have another inspiring author joining us, Owen Carroll. Owen, such a pleasure to have you here today. How are you? You know what? I'm actually quite thrilled. I'm I'm very thrilled. And I'm just excited to get into the questions. Yeah. <laughs> I love questions. We do have a lot of things to discuss today. And so our our audience today, they know that I'm a pretty chippy person. I like to enjoy, I like to have fun. But this topic today, it's rather a sensitive topic. And so we're going to enter it with, you know, with concern and we're going to be cautious about this, but it is your story and your book. And so just to give our audience the title of that book, that is called If I Could Wish. And this is a short story on death, actually, right? So we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But before we do, we were just we were just talking that maybe I have an accent or you have an accent. We're not quite sure who, who has the accent here. But Owen, if you could just tell our audience... <laughs> A little bit who you are where are you from how old are you what are you doing things like that and then we'll go into the book itself yeah so of course i am owen carroll i hail from you know the lovely green scotland uh north of england and the united kingdom uh dundee specifically so i'm 16 years old i got big into it well i'm going on 17 got big into writing you know, when I was 10, currently I'm working on another another project uh, to do with the writing. And mainly, I, I do the writing now. I, I did do quite a lot of political activity mm-hmm. uh, back from 2020 to 2022. And I would have been... Yeah, it would have been about like 13 to 15 or like 12 to 15 around that time. And I became the youngest like member that wasn't brought into it by their family. I became the youngest member that actually, out of their own volition, went to the organization. And then I rose through ranks, became a, a chairman of the branch sector that we had in the city. I then also was elected education officer and campaigns manager. So yeah, I made a bit of the history books in that sense. And then last year in April. That's a that's a great accomplishment at, at 16 years old to be a part of politics, right? And so what drove your interest of politics? Where did you find this interest? Most 16 year olds aren't really, you know, involved in this. So what, what kind of led that for you? Yeah. So when I got back when I Back when, back in my prime, <laughs> when I got into it, um, I was just very curious about because we had the 2019 general election in the UK, and I got big into that, and I really liked that feeling of being so, of of having such like a consolidated opinion. So I went, I read a lot of political theory, 
and I and I just went for it. I just decided, you know what, I'm gonna join something and I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to do my best to help them out. And lo and behold, I was quite a valued member. Of course I've I've taken a I've kept, I've taken a step back from it because I just wanted to focus on the writing. Right. Yeah. And so let's dive into that directly. So your book, If I Could Wish, is this it sounds like you're a pretty heavy writer, so this may not be your first book, but if you could just dive into the making of this book, where the inspiration came from, things like that. So the book, obviously, to preface this and give a bit of context, the book is about suicide. It is, it is about suicide. And back when I was writing that, I was 15 when I started writing it. It was October 2022. And... I had, I had written a couple full-length novels beforehand, but you know, as time goes on, you lose you lose a lot of free time. So I said, you know what, I'll write a short story instead. I've got the energy for a short story. Mm-hmm. So I went into that. I had also read quite a bit of you know Russian literature and you know old European uh, literature like Albert Camus and Dostoevsky and. Sartre and Kafka, I got big into 20th century writers. And then I realized, you know, no one actually really writes like them anymore. I don't really see stories with the moral message and the moral questioning like they used to write in those days, presented like they are now. So mm. I went back to that. I just said, I want to I want to do that. Yeah. And that's an interesting take to kind of parallel what happened, you know, the way that they wrote. You, yeah, give us some more of the context of the book because what I was reading that this is involved of a friend that something happened, right? If you could explain a little bit more context into that and what what happened there. Yes, yeah, so um, I actually have the first ever paperback prototype copy and it looks a bit funky, but um, <laughs> but um. I didn't have a blurb on it at the time, but it's it's refitted to now. It's all good, and I wanted to I wanted to do as I said what the twentieth century writers did mm. with um telling a story through a character, but also had very big under undertones and and sub themes. So what basically happens is this book itself is the protagonist's suicide note, and they go through why why they've done what they've done mm-hmm. and so on and so forth and what's happened in their lives. So they had a friend and needless to say that his friend was everything to this person, but they were always kind of dissociated from the world, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much abandoned during their teenage years, homeless and they had to work for everything. And their, their friend did so much but after all that time with this person their friend got got dragged down as well so mm-hmm. laura the the best friend of the character ended up uh ending her ending her own life first and that just sent that just sent the protagonist off the rails you know if i can't have anything then what is there left mm-hmm. so that's what that's what I really do like to explore. I like to explore the human psyche and what right. makes people do the things that they do. I also 
I'm a big advocate for the proposition that you might not truly know someone unless you know how they react to things. And that's that's a that's a big thing about the writing. Yes. Yeah, I've heard about this in marriage that before you make the commitment to marry someone, you should see how they react in loss, how they react in trouble, how they react in these situations. And then you truly know the person deeper, right? Those things aren't necessary, but at the same time, it really gives you a perspective of how they react. So I think that's a great point. It's a very interesting prospect that you can never really truly know someone, but mm -hmm. you do get a good opportunity if you invest time with someone mm -hmm. to really get to know them on the best way you can. Right. Yeah. And this topic of suicide, is this something that is, you know, what are the statistics like this in Scotland, in the UK? And is this a common thing among your peers? Is this a conversation that happens? What is that like? Um, well, you see, I don't, I don't have proper statistics like on me at the moment. Uh, it's actually a bit tricky to find those. There's a lot, but it is evident that especially teenage suicides are going up. Uh, we do have the NHS, we do have socialised medicine, and I obviously don't want to get too political, yeah. <laughs> but um, the the government of the UK does not, shall we say, particularly like funding public services. So the these services um, of mental health and, and just healthcare in general are severely declining. In yeah. Scotland, we're trying our best them but there's not a lot we can do so because our devolved government isn't as powerful as the UK government um, mm -hmm. so we're at the mercy of you know the entire UK government and the ones that are in power so things are declining fast and I do see a lot of kids and teens around me extremely struggle like they're extremely down and and they're being put down, especially by, you know, an education system. Mm -hmm. the, the Scottish education system, I would like to say is better than the American education system. But um, at the moment, we are falling back. And just, it, I guess everything kind of comes down to economical status and we're not doing too well. Right. So you're stuck at a roadblock and the only way to go forward is to get a lot more financial stability within the country and that's just something we do not have at the moment so everything's going down i don't know about you but um teenagers typically <laughs> aren't much invested in in the economy so right. um this is affecting them and they don't even know and mm -hmm. that must be terrifying but what's even worse is it can be affecting you and you and you do know, but you're not of age to, to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of just a fighting lost battle all the time and you're at the mercy of other people constantly. And so let's go into that a little bit more about those statistics and the, the young people dealing with the suicide and depression. What do you think is the leading cause to this? If you could identify that. I do. I'll I'll pick I'll pick one. I might okay. not believe in this in the future but at the moment mm -hmm. i'll pick one and i do think it is the current state of the economy mm -hmm. i think that i mean if you don't have a stable economy if you don't have a strong one you're not going to be able to make things go around it's just yeah. not going to happen 
So mm-hmm. I do think that is a big I do think that is the leading cause in it. I think the mismanagement of the country is driving people downhill. Wow. Um yeah, especially especially for teenagers because teenagers are are definitely expected in Scotland most certainly to work. Mm-hmm. At what age? What age is this barrier? Uh it is 16. 16. Yeah, you are legally allowed to work at 16. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're you're expected to to get into a job yet if everything is declining you're not going to have an opportunity. And yeah. then, of course, it comes down to you need an education to get a good job. But then again, the same problem mm-hmm. applies. You might yeah. <laughs> you might just not get the opportunity to do it. Every mm-hmm. door is closing very slowly and some faster than others. Mm-hmm. I would say from my assessment of Brazil and of the U.S., I'm not sure about Scotland and the U.K., but I would say a lot of it has to do with what the young people are entertaining. I think it has a lot to do with, you know, the social media, the endless hours of, you know, Netflix and, and things like this that we're just consuming that is not positive content or encouraging content or, you know, good to to lead us in the right direction, if that makes sense. I think this is a huge thing that I see for the young people or that they they do have depression because they're spending hours and hours of watching other people's lives through a screen or spending hours and hours of Netflix watching a TV show you know, that's about bickering or fighting or whatever, you know, jealousy or whatever it is and constant comparison. I think this is a killer of joy, in my opinion. I think this is a bad thing. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, You know what really frustrates me with everything? And I also think is a pretty big cause of it. It's the fact that I don't feel like we're, we have humanity anymore. I, Uh I just don't. I, I look around and I see everyone debating. Mm-hmm. Why? Why can't we just talk? Why can't we just yeah. talk? I, I cannot remember the last time we sat down with different opinions mm-hmm. and spoke about it. I, I It turns into a debate. It turns into an argument. Someone has to come out on top. And that's, yeah. really, that's really upsetting. Because at the end of the day, in a debate, no one's really going to admit that they lost. <laughs> mm-hmm. But also... <laughs> You're just you're just gonna have a a horrible time watching two people go back and forth for say like an hour and thirty minutes on one subject, and it's just gonna be miserable. It's gonna be miserable. Yeah. And and then you're gonna pick that up, and you're gonna you're gonna try pick a fight because people don't necessarily. I don't really see many physical fights anymore. It's mainly verbal fights. Mm-hmm. And while that is, I suppose, perhaps maybe a better way of doing it um because of course people walk away physically unharmed yeah um it's just it's stripping you of of your oh i completely forgot the word it's stripping you of your cooperativeness mm-hmm. and it's just it's just taking everything that you rely on to connect with other people away if you're constantly arguing with them and Mm -hmm. i i really just i hate that i hate that so much i just want to talk to people and not have a debate or an argument with them you know i think we need to focus on listening too right listening is so powerful we don't always have to to listen to give a response sometimes we can just listen to listen you know it goes a long way oh yeah it's so it's so frustrating 
you you sit there and you're just like, why why won't you just shut up and listen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I have a question I have this that a as lot. well. What would you say for what can we do to to change these statistics, to give the young people hope again, to give them joy? What is your opinion on that? I think the first thing we need to do. I. <laughs> I genuinely think that we need to get our services for these mental health, uh, for these mental health services, um, back intact. You know, we're we're mm-hmm. holding them together by glue, and that's just that's just miserable. You look at a mental health service in Scotland, and you're like, what happened here? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time it turns into the fact that we don't actually, you may be surprised to know, but we don't really know a lot about mental health yet. Mm. It, psychology is an extremely new science. You know, we've only been doing it since about late 1800s, uh, mid to late 1800s. And we only really started making actual progress around around the 1920s to 60s mm. and that's kind of awful you would you would think with all that time of course there were wars and so on so all these things were swept under the carpet but you would think with all that time we would have made more progress and it's 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 kind of depressing because we should know more by now okay. and we're we're not investing enough into it so I think we do need to we do need to drop the debate thing. We need to mm-hmm. drop the debate thing and talk. We need to shut up and listen. And we need to invest in furthering our knowledge of these things. Those are the three main yeah. points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> talk, shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's just the best recipe, right? Just be quiet and listen. Going back to the book a little bit more, Owen. Yeah. I want to, what is, what was your heart behind writing this book? What do you hope that your audience, your, your readers and our audience today get from your book? So as I was saying, um, I feel like we don't talk about things anymore. It's, Mm -hmm. it's always an argument. What I hope readers take away from this is to engage in a conversation about it because Mm -hmm. We typically only get these conversations behind mental health professional doors for very good reason. But I feel like not enough people in the public talk about it. So I do I do certainly think that readers should should engage in these conversations with friends or family and we should talk about these things and come to a consensus about it. My main thing about it is that I want readers there, there isn't necessarily a message to the book. Well, there is the one I just described, but the but the main point is actually a question, and it's how are you going to help out your fellow humans? How are you going to help out your species? And that's what I want readers to think about. Yeah, and the title going back to that title, if I could wish, right? So how does that how does that build into the story? If I could wish. I don't want to spoil anything here. Ooh, yes. <laughs> um, Please don't give it don't give it all away. Just a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah, if I could keep quiet. <laughs> uh but uh 
Yeah, so it builds in because as you go through the book, there's a big part of why the title is, is that. But as you go through the book, you also realise that this person wasn't really given many chances to to dream, to hope, mm-hmm. to wish. So, you know, if if I could wish, if I had the opportunity to have the privilege to hope for something, and that and that's that's the that's the main message behind that, particularly. Yeah. Excellent. And I want to tell our audience today who are listening that this book is available on Amazon. They can search the title, If I Could Wish, or search your name, Owen Carroll, there as well. And there's also a link in the description for them to purchase this book. And I just want to say for, we always say this because our authors need support. They need local support. They need author, they need reviews on their books, people supporting them, all of those things. And so Owen, is that the best way that we can connect with you is just giving you a good review on Amazon or is there another place where we can connect with you, any social media, anything like that? I'm working on it. <laughs> Trust me, I'm mm-hmm. getting there. Um, I'm working on it. But um, of course, I'm trying to be wary about the social media thing mm-hmm. just for the moment. I'll, it'll be there in the future. Um, but yes, uh, reviews certainly do help you know people don't actually typically know this i i didn't i didn't um know this until a bit recently ago but the more reviews you have it's kind of a no-brainer when you think about it the more reviews you have the more an algorithm the amazon algorithm will push your product so yes i i not only am i like hey buy my thing but but i'm also like Please have this conversation with someone. Please. Yeah. Genuinely, we need to talk about this. So and it's I not do just want to point a... out to our audience that you do have great yeah, reviews book. on your book. You have people who have, you know, read the book. They have given great reviews of it. And so I do want to encourage our audience to check out the book with that in mind as well, that there are great reviews on your book. And don't don't just write you off because you're a, you're a 16 year old author, Owen, because I'm very impressed with our conversation today and I'm, I'm very happy with it. And I'm, I'm proud of you and I'm, I'm excited to see what's next. And so if we could just discuss what's next as well, because you've been writing for a while and I don't think you're going to stop anytime soon. What's next? Oh no, I'm just hitting my stride. <laughs> um, yeah, right. You said when you were so, back in your prime, but I feel like you're about to hit your prime. It's coming. No. When I was back in my political prime, that's okay, over. Political prime. Um, but but when I, but I'm getting into my writing prime. Actually, it, it got number one in psychology books on suicide, so I'm very happy for that. That is. But, um, wow. Oh, what's next? Actually, I had a bit of a funny moment with the other radio host because he asked the same question, and I said, "Oh, you know what? I don't know if I can talk about it." And then I realized. I'm not under like an NDA. <laughs> They're my books. Um, so, okay, right. We've got two on the way. Yeah. I know, I know. Very exciting. Calm down. Um, so, we have the one I'm a third way through writing at the moment. It's It will be an actual novel, not a short story. And it's called These Same Old Clouds. And it takes place right here in Dundee. And it it resembles a bit of Jean-Paul Sartre's exit in the sense that 
there are three main characters and I want to explore what makes them tick and I want to I want to up my dialogue game and I want to really get into how people will react to things and that's a big point I made to you earlier so these three characters interact with interacting with each other I don't want to give too much away just yet but it does cover you know the same themes as at the moment I do want to focus on particularly suicide I do want to focus on that perhaps later on I'll do something different I don't want to get stale but I do want to focus on that at the moment so I'm a third way through writing that and uh, the next one I'm conceptualizing at the moment is called um, Hugh's Hubris and I I don't quite know if if you've noticed yet but these same old clothes Hugh's Hubris these are different techniques of writing Mm -hmm. You have a pathetic fallacy with uh, the weather for these same old clouds. That's heavily used in the book. And you have colour theory and and colour symbolism, which will be used in um, Hugh's Hubris. So I'd like to get these little creative notions and techniques and drive them into an overarching story. So that that Mm -hmm. is what's next. That's what I've got planned. Uh, And there'll be more to come. Yeah, yeah. And thanks for sharing a little bit about that. You didn't have to, right? You didn't have to share a little bit about that. But thank you for sharing that for something to, to look forward to. And I love your creative style. You're not just like, yeah, I'm going to write a book about trees and then write a book about trees. Like you're, you go into it, you're, you're studying, you're, you're bringing depth to it. And I think that's all about, that's what writing's all about, right? So I'm happy that you found yeah, this at absolutely. 16 and you're continuing to get better and expand and all of those things. That's great. I believe you I, yeah. will tell you, I think you're the, the youngest author that we've interviewed. So you have that. You can put that on your resume. As Ooh. Well. <laughs> Ooh. History books made yet again. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Anything else that you just want our audience to take away from our time here today, Owen? Mm, let me think. Okay, right. One, if you are going to write about this topic if, if you yourself want to explore your own expressive writing with perhaps you have a fear of death or so or whatever it is uh, about death and or suicide uh, I, I must 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 encourage you please don't sugarcoat this hmm. it's a very serious topic I would never sugarcoating it is, is doing it in you have to tell it like it is call it like you see it because we live in a world of misinformation at the moment and people are craving honesty and that's Mm -hmm. really what I want to do I want to give my thoughts in my books and go ahead and write a story you can enjoy a story you can cry with because that's that's what I am in the business of writing at, um, at the moment is what I coin the term miseries uh, you've got tragedies, which I guess you could classify it as that, but I call them miseries because with my writing, at the moment, at least for the moment in the career, you're not going to get much, m- many happy things. Mm-hmm. It's going to be serious topics that I just want to explore. Um, I also want you to know another thing about me. My career with the writing about the suicide 
died in the heavy topic. I really want to find out. This might seem insane to people, but I want to find out if suicide itself is a moral act. Because you've got people saying it's justified. You've got people saying no, it's it's completely it's completely irredeemable, no matter the circumstance. And you've got people in the middle are like, mm, depends on the circumstances, but usually no, or it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. What I want to find, because it's such a great area, what I want to find with my writings is which circumstances is it moral? Which circumstances is it not? And that's that's the big thing about having multiple characters, because I could put some in questionable situations where they end up doing this, and then that comes up to the reader. Was that justified? Was that not? And that's really what I want to discover. And hopefully I'll get an answer one day. Hopefully I'll come up with something. Uh, I'll use my thinking brain and I'll use all my philosophy and everything I can to come up with a concrete answer. And hopefully I'll get that within the next 30 years. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll be here for the journey. We'll be here to, to stay along and connect with you and yeah, Owen, thank you so much for coming onto the show today. And I appreciate everything that you brought. And I think it's it's important. Interviews like this are important for authors because as you say, you're writing about very serious and sensitive topics. But when you get you on a you know a conversation, you see you are, you have light too, you're joyful, you're happy, you know, things like this. And and so it doesn't take very long to tell, like you're a fun guy. And so thank you for coming onto the podcast. And I think that this is so important for people to see because when, when people are interested in a specific author or artist, they watch interviews of who they are and get to know them better. I think this provided a good description of who you are for your readers as well. Owen, if I could say that. Yes. Thank you very much. You know, I'm not all gloom and misery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, as you can see from my colorful background, uh, I, I do enjoy the, the light aspects of life of course it's important to see the darkness as as if i may quote dolly parton here uh, if you want the if you want the rainbow you have to put up with the rain mm-hmm. and that's kind of what it's all about that's what it's all about um yeah. of course some people instantly see me or they hear me and they they think i'm either they think I'm either trying to look like Harry Potter or John Lennon, or uh, I'm constantly drunk. Yeah. But no, I'm not. I've just got huge hair and round glasses. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really appreciate it. And I hope to have you back on for another book because I had a great time today, Owen. And one more time for our audience, your book is available on Amazon. Same. You can find that in the description below. Thank you for listening and supporting another episode of My Life Now. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast show and share it with a friend. Together, we can keep the message of these books alive. Until we turn the next page together, stay classy.